Diversity in Action podcast, presented by the BLX Internship Program. Join us as our hosts, Emlyn Miles Mattingly and Louise Rosa, interview guests from across the financial planning field to highlight the real change that's happening in our industry. If you're tired of just talking about diversity and want to learn about what's really being done to make the demographics of our profession more closely match the population of this country, this podcast is for you. This episode is brought to you by Schwab Advisor Services in partnership with the Charles Schwab Foundation. For more than 30 years, Schwab Advisor Services has proudly supported firms of all types and sizes. Today, the custodian has earned the trust of nearly 15,000 firms by focusing on the RA model, a client-first mentality, and the perfect blend of personalization and technology. Schwab Advisor Services University Grant Program, in partnership with the Charles Schwab Foundation, has provided more than $16 million in gifts to over 20 universities and organizations since the program's inception in 2007. The program has supported the creation of financial planning majors, minors, and CFP certificate programs at universities across the country. The goal of this program is to support universities and organizations that could benefit from Schwab's involvement while working to be the industry-leading champion in developing world-class talent on behalf of advisors. The program was designed to create awareness of the registered investment advisor profession, extend access and awareness to the financial services industry, and develop a pipeline of high-quality talent for independent advisors to hire. Welcome back to the Diversity in Action podcast with your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly and Luis Rosa. Today, you are in store for another incredible show. We have two guests on that we can't wait to let you hear their stories. With that, I'm going to pass it over to Luis to do some introductions. Thank you, Emlyn. Yes, today we have two very special guests, great supporters of our program, and they are doing a lot of stuff on the DI space and the industry. So can we for you to just hear what they have to say and all the action items and nuggets that they're going to drop. So Leslie Tabor and Sherry Trombley from Schwab, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure and an honor. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for the support that you guys at Schwab have done for the BLX internship program from the beginning. So we are just eternally grateful. And I know that our partnership is going to continue to blossom in the years to come. So thank you so much for that. So yeah, one of the things we want to get started on is for you to just share your background and what you do at Schwab, how you got to where you are today. So we'll start with you, Leslie. Yeah, thank you, Luis. And really appreciate you guys inviting us to come and share this hour with you. And thank you for the work. You guys are doing all the hard work, really, when it comes to creating this pipeline with talent for this wonderful profession of financial planning. And ultimately, we hope they land in the RIA industry. So congratulations on the years of success you guys have had. And my name is Leslie Tabor. I'm a director for the business consulting and education team for the Schwab Advisor Services Organization. Now, my team focuses on creating practice management programs and resources to really help our RIA clients manage and grow their firms. Now, that's my LinkedIn profile. Personally, (laughs) I am a first-generation Filipino-American. I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been dating my husband for 14 years. We're still dating, probably why we're still married. Also a mother to a seven-year-old daughter. Her name is Layla. Although she would probably correct me right now if she was here. Her birthday is next Wednesday. So she'd say she's practically eight, going on 13. Some of my hobbies, I love to travel. I love baking. I love to play the piano. That's almost, I mean, it's an Asian stereotype, but it's almost obligatory in the Asian, (laughs) as you're growing up, uh, that you learn to play the piano. And so 
Uh, I actually do enjoy that. And then related to our topics today, I'm a first generation investor. So I know we're going to get to talk about kind of our path with money growing up. That's a little bit about me and I can get into my role at Schwab and we can hand it over to Sherry right now to do some intros. Yeah, thanks, Leslie. And thanks for having us. I echo uh, Leslie's sentiments. I'm a big fan of BLX, so I love working with everyone there. I'm a director at Schwab Advisor Services as well. I oversee our university grant program and our scholarship program. I'm half Filipino, so I have my Filipino sister, Leslie. My mom immigrated to the U.S. when she met my dad in the military. I actually married my high school sweetheart. So we've been married for about 23 years. We've got two kiddos. And one's a 19-year-old. He is actually stationed in Washington for the Air Force. Uh, and then I have a 12-year-old daughter who is you know, ray of sunshine, but a, definitely a dash of preteen in there. Hobbies, uh, love reading. I have a stack of books by my nightstand. I'm always reading. I love binge-watching a good TV show. It's hard to have a lot of hobbies because my 12-year-old keeps me busy. And I should forget I have three dogs. So they're part of our family, our little pack as well. And like Leslie, I'm also a first-generation investor as well. So that's what it got. Thank you both. I have an important question, Leslie, since you play the yeah. piano. Do you do weddings? Well, I'm doing my first wedding next year. Don't tell nobody. because Really? <laughs> um, yes. And, you know, she had a specific song. I'm classical piano, right? And she had a specific song that's like an EDM song. And I was like, EDM on a piano, got the sheet music. And it's actually really nice. So wow. I got a year to practice. That sounds amazing. I would love to hear that. Yeah, EDM <laughs> piano. <laughs> yeah, Les Leslie is being a little shy. She wasn't a band. So. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. That is that awesome. Fun times. EDM on piano. I like that. Thank you both for sharing your intros. So I know, Sherry, you love to read. So I wanted to ask you, is there one book on personal finance, both of you as first-time investors, that kind of stood out to you? Or any personal finance tip that you learned when you were growing up that you'd like to share with us that just kind of really has some impact on you into how you became a first-time investor and impacted you going forward? It's funny because when I was growing up, money wasn't a conversation in my house. So when I started learning about investing is when I joined Schwab. So I've been with Schwab for 23 years, and that's where I started really learning. So 401k was the first thing I was taught is open that 401k and save and save and save. I like to say I have a lot of finance books at my bedside table, but I don't because I'm in it all day long. But that would probably be the best advice that someone gave me. And then like, clearly the conversation is now different as an adult and a mom. The conversation is different in my house now where we're having these conversations that I didn't have when I was younger. And hopefully I can get my kiddos on the right path early. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Leslie? Yeah, very similar to Sherry. I'm also 23 years at Schwab as well. And as a first generation investor, a lot of what I know today is based on my day-to-day -day lived experiences at Schwab. I will tell you, there is a piece of advice. When I started at Schwab, we used to have all these, and we still do, all of these employee workshops. Every Schwab employee is assigned a financial consultant. You have to go in and ask for it, but you get it once you ask. And one of the first pieces of advice that really stuck with me for 23 years after attending one of these workshops was pay yourself first. So I'm like 20 something and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Right. And so immediately 401k and as every year I would increase my contribution until I got to a position where I'm maxing out every year and then just don't touch it. So for all you listeners out there that are just starting your professional career, pay yourself first. 
And if you're an employer or you've got your own firm, we know that one of the things we see in the RIA industry is a potential differentiator when attracting talent is to be able to offer financial planning to your employees. So those two things have really made a difference in me being a first time or first generation investor and then growing my own personal family's wealth. When I hear you talk about that, both of you going back to when you're being raised and not having those conversations, like not having parents come in. I think that's the extent of a lot of people of color, minorities, that their parents are going to tell them, hey, get that retirement account set up. We don't know what to invest it in, but get one set up. Just make sure you got it set up. Make sure you put some money in it every month. And that's going to like kind of take care of most of what you need. I don't know how much you're supposed to put in. I don't know what the percentage of your income you're supposed to put in. I don't know how much you're going to need later, but just do it. And I think we as now being in the industry and being able to have raising your own families and being able to have those conversations now is I think about how my kids also, we have different conversations about investments, about like the both of them had started little businesses. One of them got in trouble for selling slime at school because she was like, the slime, you know, she, it was all bad. Right. So we, had, we get a call from schools like kids selling slime. Like they act like it was drugs. It was slime. It wasn't. Drugs. <laughs> He's slanging like, slime. Okay. Yeah, slanging slime at school. Right? But I think like what excites me is what happens to this generation of kids that is raised by us that have been able to have some impact in them, you know, at least giving them some more financial guidance than we ever received. And that's kind of exciting. How do you see the impacts of what you do in your career at home? Oh, man. So what I do in particular, hopefully coming out of the pandemic, starting to travel a little bit. And so what my daughter sees is I work long hours. I'm always in meetings. She has to be quiet, right? And (laughs) I'm on business trips. So she sees all of that and she asks me, you know, what do you do? And it's so hard to explain to a seven-year-old. I say, well, I help people who have their own business. I help them manage and make their businesses successful. And to your point, Emlyn, about growing up with money, my daughter too, I try to set her up with her own brokerage account and I ask her, what companies do you really like? We go to Target a lot, or we sneakerheads, Nike and blah, 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 right? So you can own pieces of those companies, right? And so we get online together and Schwab has this thing called Schwab Slices for as little as like 50 bucks, right? You can open an account, right? And you can own fractional shares. And so she's into it, right? I mean, she got into it maybe when she was six. And so sometimes we'll like be watching TV or if we're going into a store, she's mommy, we should own this, right? <laughs> like we can, like, let's look it up and let's do it. So if anything, at this age, just building up her curiosity is kind of my focus. I don't need to get into all the, she's not going to get all the terminology, how much of it is really going to stick, right? With a seven-year-old. But if I could feed her curiosity about it and let her know that, yeah, she can be an owner and she knows what that means. That is, I feel like she's on a pretty decent start. And I am curious to see how that translates into her as an adult and building her own wealth. Yeah, I could see her one day being interviewed and, and her telling this story. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> my mom so. opened up a brokerage account. And, mm-hmm. and I remember I was buying Target and Nike <laughs> when yeah, I was seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's going to have a lifelong impact. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's funny because career-wise, especially as being a female, you never know if what kind of impact you're having with your kids, right? What they see and so forth. And my daughter being 12, Leslie, she seems to be working a lot, especially being in COVID. I have an office and so I'm always in the office. And it wasn't until 
she had to create sort of a comic strip for class and she had to picture what mom does and what dad does. And in the picture, I was in the office and dad was in the kitchen. <laughs> so <laughs> I just have to go on, but clearly dad's in the kitchen a lot. So that resonated with me because she sees me working. She sees me being independent. And so that even though dad's in the kitchen, clearly I need to share more duties in the kitchen with him. It's just a funny story because those, those are things she's seen and just made an impact on her. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah, it. Definitely, Sherry. Take advantage. Keep it going. <laughs> Wanted to change gears a little bit and ask, like, what diversity initiatives are you involved in? And just talk about that work that you're doing over at Schwab a little bit, please. Yeah, it's exciting, right? I mean, I'm going to start a little bit around just what Schwab has been working towards as a company, right? We were really founded on this principle of making financial services accessible to everyone, right? We were one of the early discount brokerage firms. We were on the West Coast, like we weren't your traditional Wall Street firm, right? Silicon Valley is our neighbors, they're our neighbors. And so keep that kind of in your mind when we think about what we are trying to do and more importantly, why we are doing and investing in the programs that we have. Our focus is really to strengthen awareness, particular to the RIA industry, with this future generation of talent that is coming out of colleges and universities today, as well as career changers. Our programs hit on that. And then we also, of course, want to make sure we're extending our support to our RIA clients and helping them in their own journey around how they're defining and pursuing DEI for their employees and their clients and their community. And that's really the way we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's this ecosystem, right? We tell our clients, it's not just about talent. Think of DEI as an ecosystem. That ecosystem is your culture first and foremost, right? Then your employees, the marketplace you serve, and the communities you support. And so we have a number of programs. We could talk about some of our more recent ones. The first I'll mention is one we launched last year. It's a DEI consulting program. It's called Building an Inclusive Firm Culture. Think of it as a five-month learning journey, and we have a cohort of about 20 firms, very similar kind of in their size and makeup. And as a client that participates in this, and it's free, by the way, as a client that participates in this, you walk out with a DEI vision, strategic multi-year roadmap, 12 to 18-month action plan, specific action plan. And then you're now connected with 19 other firms that are on a very similar journey as you. And we all know that's equally valuable to be able to knock on the door of one of your industry peers and say, hey, what are you doing? Or have you guys seen this? Or the conversation could be, hey, this really worked out for us. You're in a similar market. Have you ever thought of perhaps doing X, Y, Z? And so during these workshops, we talk about, of course, some of the key kind of DEI concepts. We do a lot of breakout and large group discussions. You know, they're really learning for each other. But what I love that is coming out of the workshop is the environment that we are all creating, not just Schwab, but the participants, is that we've created this safe space for people to learn and be vulnerable, right? With people that they're most likely just meeting for the first time, but they're sharing personal stories, right? About their own experiences with DAI, 
they're sharing, of course, their firm stories, the best practices that they are pursuing for creating an inclusive culture or attracting diverse talent, serving diverse clients and attracting prospects, and then what they're doing particular to their community to support the underrepresented. So that is probably one of the programs, the more recent programs we've launched. And Sherry, maybe you could talk about University Grant in our student scholarship. Yeah, the two programs I oversee with University Grant Program and our scholarship program, with University Grants, uh, we work with uh, 20, over 20 universities and institutions across the country, really working with the schools and developing CFP programs, financial planning majors, working with students and how they can connect with advisors. And so a handful of our institutions and the university we work with are minority serving institutions. So there's the element of diversity there that we're working through. But we also, with our RA Tom Student Scholarship Program, we launched that last year where 12 students received $10,000 each and at least half of those winners need to be from underrepresented communities. And I would say the most valuable piece, because I think money is great for these students, but the most valuable piece that we took away from it was the mentoring aspect. So each winner is matched with an independent art and they serve on our DEI advocacy board, each one of these advisors. So they're super passionate about next-gen talent and connecting with talent. And we know that that's what students need on campus is that industry connection. We're always hearing from advisors how they can find talent and then students are, how can I find an advisor? So it's a way to bring the two together and provide guidance to a lot of these students. So both of those programs we're just really proud of and sort of the impact we're having on both the universities, on the advisors and the students overall. Yeah, these sound like amazing programs. Yeah, there are a couple of other programs that I want to just plug in there because they might give ideas to potential employers out there. So Schwab has its own intern program, but we have one called the RIA intern program. And the goal of that is, hey, spend some time with us, learn about the RIA industry, connect with some RIAs. And when you graduate, don't work at Schwab, go work at an RIA. And so we try to set them up to understand the industry and to make those connections. So when they're ready to start their professional careers, hopefully they're pursuing the connections that they've made. And the other is Schwab has our annual conference for RIAs called Impact. And for the past couple of years, we've been doing a career fair at Impact. We have upwards of 80 to 100 students that attend, I would say, gosh, about 30, 35% of the schools are from, have some kind of MSI designation. And so a lot of advisors do recruit talent coming out of Impact, either for internships or full-time roles. And that's actually a a requirement for the firm. If you're going to participate in our career fair, you actually need to be hiring and have an open role you're looking to fill within the next six months, right? Six to 12 months. So those are two other channels. And if you're an RIA, you custody at Schwab, ask us about that career fair. That's a potential pipeline of talent for you. You want to connect with any of the interns that we have been working with for the past, gosh, 12 years. Many of those have actually gone to work in the RIA industry. But yes, we can make those connections for folks that are looking to tap into some new talent. Yeah, I love that because that's one of the things that we had often heard from the firms that participate in the BLX internship program is about like, we didn't know where to get this talent from, right? So taking that reason off the table definitely has some impact. So thank you for sharing about those programs. They sound like they're having great impact. And I wanted to ask you, Go back a little and talk about the why behind it. Like, what does diversity mean to you? Why is it important? 
Sherry, you want to take this one first? I have a mouthful to say on that one. Yeah. So yeah. You know, <laughs> there you go. Because I might break off into a million tangents. You know what I mean? You know, always the diversity having a voice, right, at the table. And each voice is valued and it's in a holds equity with each one of us. But I always think of about being intentional with diversity, especially when we think of, and Leslie and I talk about this all the time, when we launched the panel at one of our universities last year, say, demystifying financial planning and the RA industry. And when I think of those panels, I think of being intentional on who sits on that panel so that a student can see themselves. To me, that's the why. They need to be able to see themselves in the industry. So it's important to be intentional on those panels, on who's on that panel, that it looks like they can answer questions that would be important to them. And so we've held so much value in They've been so successful with the panels and, you know, most students don't know about the RA industry unless they've been predisposed. So having those panels and the opportunity to space to answer questions has been so valuable. So for me, diversity is having those voices heard and being intentional of who we put in front of students. One thing I was thinking about that, Sherry, as you're saying it, as to being two women of color, why is it so important? Because I know it's important to have it, but for you, why does that mean so much to you to have a program like that to support minorities? Why is that important? I'm going to get to that personal why, but I wanted to start with kind of the business why. And I had a tough time with this question because there's so many different reasons and, and it means so many different things to me. So I recently watched this documentary called Breaking Two. Not breaking to electric boogaloo. I'm just aging myself, but with ozone, right? And Kelly, I'm talking breaking two, which is, which is the journey of, it documents the journey of three marathon runners, right? And their quest to like run that 26.2 miles under two hours. And one of the runners from Kenya, his name is Elliot Kipchoge, and he holds the world record for the fastest marathon run. Something that he said really resonated with me. He said, 100% of me is nothing compared to 1% of the whole team. And he was talking about his trainers, his managers, his agent, the Nike sports research lab scientists, the shoe designers, his training partners, his family, his friends back home, right? And when I thought of that in the context of DEI, that is just so powerful. When that whole team is a representation of different perspectives, and life experiences and education, backgrounds, beliefs, you name it. Imagine how powerfully intense 1% can be. Way more powerful than 100% of Leslie Tabor, that's for sure, right? And so from a business perspective, when, when I'm talking to RIAs, that is part of the message that I'm trying to get across. It's good for business. You want to differentiate your firm. How can you do that? You want as many ideas on the table from as many different people as possible. And to Sherry's point, making room for all those people to share their voice and their ideas comfortably, right? That is a business function of your firm. That is a competency that you need to invest in, right? And build. So that's my business pitch, right? Personally, the why is that Layla wants to be the first girl president of the United States, right? And I want the first girl president to be sooner. I'm all in. I'm all in for Layla to be the first girl president. So the idea that my daughter, an Asian daughter, 
who, by the way, has alopecia areata, which is patchy hair loss, would be treated differently or not have access to fully participate in her own success because of these barriers that we personally, I have my own barriers I put up in front of people and what other people put up in front of her. That is why I do what I do personally. It all comes back to setting things up for the next generation to be able to succeed and participate fully. Yeah, I love that concept of the 1%. I think of it like it's compound interest, right? Yeah. In human form. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I think about that way too, but that's totally right. Yeah. And, you know, you speak of barriers and I feel like sometimes there's so many barriers that you cannot clearly see. And I think access is just one of them. Like you mentioned, a lot of the students don't even know about an RA. I was in the broker dealer world for 15 years, never heard the word RIA before. So yeah, even me being in the industry. So imagine just a student that's in school and just graduated. So I wanted to ask you, based on the experience that you've had dealing with so many students, is there anything that I'm sure you've had many, like any stories or any just a student coming up to you and just kind of sharing like, hey, I had this experience or this has been so great as a result of me being in this program, like anything that stands out to you that you can share? You know, one that will stand out to me is we have a recent intern this past summer and I met him through a program, you know, we did a panel at Dell State and he came to me and he said, you know, Sherry, I would have never have known about this internship. You didn't visit our classroom. And he said, thank you for believing in me and seeing something maybe I didn't see it myself which always makes me tear up a bit because it tells you the impact that we're having in the community. So he's an intern now. He's just doing a fantastic job. And I can't wait to see how his career takes off. He's still in school. So he's got another year or so before he graduates. But those kind of stories resonate with me. And I get several of those because of the students I speak to all the time. And and I do a lot of one-on-one sessions with a lot of these students. And The one thing I always tell them is just uh, chase the work, don't chase the title. And that always serves me well. That's the same type of advice I take for myself also. Yeah, I'm going to pull from the same intern class, Sherry, and we have another intern. Part of the eight weeks they spend at Schwab includes going to visit some RIAs. So they spend time, I think we did like six or seven RIA firms they visited this summer. And one of the interns who currently goes to Delaware as well, she came back after a visit. And mind you, they're in Dallas for their internship. So diversity might not be like the Bay Area, right? So she came back from a visit and said, I want to work there. I want to work at that RIA. And I love what they're doing. I love their values really align with my own. I would move after I graduate. I would move here to Dallas in order to work at that firm. So there was something that she saw during that visit that really resonated with her. And a lot of the times they're not spending a full, necessarily a full day at these firms, but a lot of the firms have their employees come out and meet the interns. This particular firm I've actually been on site and visited before, and their lunchroom is, I think it's kind of on the top floor, if I recall correctly. And it looks like a college student union. It's got beanbags. There's a ping pong table there, open concept with the kitchen. And it's a cool place to hang out, right? It's definitely a differentiator for them. So it was wonderful to hear her say that we can't wait to actually share that back with the firm because I'm sure that they would be open to exploring what something, what a role might be for her to step into. That's amazing. 
we had promised some gold nuggets. Chase the work, don't chase the title. I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. That is just pure gold right there. I mean, I just mm -hmm, had to mention mm -hmm. that. So yeah, you took me back to the old college campus days. Yeah, student union. It, it was exactly the same. Beanbag chairs. <laughs> that's amazing. And you know, this is one of the reasons why we ask participating firms in the BLX internship program to be open to having a virtual intern because of that dynamic where like, you know, I grew up in New York City in Washington Heights, uptown Manhattan. There were no RIAs down the block, right? But the ability to then, yeah, work with a firm in Dallas it, remotely, you know, some of our firms have, have flown the interns in so that they can integrate with the team initially, meet everyone and then go back and finish out virtually. But the impact, I mean, it really is life changing to some people. The career path just changes completely from there out. So thank you for sharing those. Those are great stories. And then uh, speaking of BLX, I just wanted to kind of briefly find out how did you initially find out about the BLX program and what made you decide to partner with this? I learned about BLX attending the CFP Diversity Summit. There was a panel session with BLX, and I just was so excited to hear more about it that I proactively reached out to Chloe and wanted to talk more about BLX. And I just knew that Schwab would find value in partnering with BLX. And so we just took it from there. And so conversations, and I'm I'm just so happy that we made the connection, but that's how I initially heard about BLX. Same for me, definitely through the CFP board and the network of partners I have through that connection. And Sherry's exactly right. The work that you all are doing, it's so much more impactful when we can do it together. So 100% of Schwab is nothing compared to 1% of the whole team, right? And when it comes to what we're trying to do as a profession and an industry, to diversify our workforce, it's important work. So we're invested in the ongoing success really of our clients and the broader industry. And again, going back to one of our lenses that we wear when we consider who do we want to partner with is really the ability to strengthen awareness of the industry with this next generation of talent. And that's what you all are doing with BLX as well. And we want to be a part of that. Yeah, thank you. And you know, I want to take a minute to shout out Schwab as well, because I'm thinking about not only the work you're doing, right, which is super impactful going from outside shop, but just sitting as an observer, I see two women of Filipino background who have both been working there for over 20 years. I mean, I think that says a lot in and of itself, right? There's got to be something there for you to have stayed around so long. So that is uh, really, really cool to see that. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, you hear people say we stay because of the people. I mean, I'm going to say it. I'm at Schwab because of the people and the culture and very much open door. I think being on the West Coast and starting that whole, what I mentioned before, founding the company on this principle of making financial services accessible to every single person. I mean, yes, that I'm all in on that, right? And I'm first generation investor. Many in my family and many of my friends are first generation investors as well. And I want them to actually, you know, they probably are sick of me, especially my girlfriends constantly saying, hey, did you open up Schwab slices? Hello, did you open up? You don't need a million dollars. You need 50 bucks. Let's go, right? Doesn't take that long. So yeah, I mean, values wise, there's alignment there, culture, and just growing up my career there. Pretty loyal. I hope to retire from. from I love it. <laughs> I'm not too far, but so, so yeah. Ladies, this has been awesome. Just being able to sit here and, and talk to you, just to hear your stories and to hear the passion that you have for the work that you're doing. I think that's part of why the work is being done because of the passion that you have. 
And as we're wrapping up here with the last question, I just wanted to ask you to give someone advice, right? We've heard a lot of stuff in the DEI space and it's people are always, there's a lot of talk. And if someone wants to get involved to make this profession more diverse and inclusive, what advice would you have for them to get that done? So I'm going to take maybe three little pieces of advice (laughs) that we tell to advisors is one, engage with universities. I think a lot of advisors think that you have to make grand gestures at these universities, but visiting a classroom, participating in a career panel, career networking, those little things make huge impacts. So just small engagements with universities, it's not a heavy lift. Internship programs, offering paid internship programs is huge. It gives students a way to learn more about the industry. And from an advisor standpoint, if you find an intern that is right for the firm, you can develop a career pathway for after graduation. And then lastly, I always say is maximize your industry relationships. There are so many organizations that offer career changer events that you could participate in and connect with new talent in different ways that's outside your normal bubble. So those are the three kind of takeaways I always tell advisors. And I like those because those are really tactical, right? I'm going to go a little bit kind of 50,000 foot view. To your point, DEI can feel so overwhelming, right? Because as an industry and really as a country, right, there's so much opportunity for us to improve and we just need to do better. So my one advice would be is, what is your 1% change? doesn't have to be this expensive, months-long project or effort that you need to put in. You can start small. Commit to doing one small thing, that 1%. Do it well. When that's done, commit to doing another small thing. And then over time, you will see the impact of your efforts. So my piece of advice is to ask yourself, what is your 1% change? And that works for your personal life too, not just your, your professional life and DEI. Love it. Dropping gems, gems all episode. So I think that the listeners were going to be in it for a treat. They're going to really enjoy this. And we want to thank you again, ladies, for joining us, for the work that you're doing, for the support that you've given us with Schwab. I mean, it's been incredible. You two have been very instrumental in that. And we look forward to having a continued relationship and seeing where we can grow this thing into and really changing the industry, right? That's the ultimate goal. So want to thank you two again for joining us on the Diversity in Action podcast. I'm your co-host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly with Luis Rosa. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Diversity in Action podcast. To learn more about the BLX internship program and sign up for our newsletter, please visit our website at blxinternship.org.